Have you ever felt like you're not enough? Maybe not smart enough, not good enough, not savvy enough, or not whatever enough? Today, we're beginning a two-part series entitled Identity in Crisis or in Christ. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. One Sunday, I was hurrying down the hall to pick up my youngest son after Sunday school. As I got closer to his room, He started running towards me, and I noticed his hair was soaking wet. While we walked down the hall, I asked him what happened. He said, my teacher combed my hair with water. She said, it looks like your mommy didn't have enough time to comb your hair again, so I'll do it. Huh, okay, (laughs) whatever. What she didn't know was that every Sunday morning, I'd absolutely comb his hair, and as it dried on the way to church, it would start sticking up like fresh grass. As I was lost in this moment and thinking of things I could say to this teacher, my little soggy scalp son said, I drew you a picture today. I stopped, I bent over, and I looked at what he drew and said what every person everywhere who knows young child has said. I cannot even tell what this is. Just kidding. I thought that. What I said was, wow, tell me about what you drew. Let me see first if I can describe it for you. It was all black which in and of itself is rather impressive because it's usually pretty hard to get a turn with a black marker. That one was always the one that was highest in demand when I was in school. Anyway, in the center of the paper, there was a big black circle. And from the circle, starting on the edges, came lines, many, many black lines. Some were longer, some were shorter, some were a medium height. They all came from the edge of the same black circle. If I had to guess... I would have said it looked like a bug that was smashed on a windshield. But then I thought, you know, Timothy can't even see the windshield, so that can't be it. I waited for his explanation, and it came. Mommy, it's you. Really? Wow. Now, I was feeling a little self-conscious because of a run-in I had had with a woman from church on the previous Sunday. After the service was over, she booked it to the front of the church, in in front of the sanctuary, and she asked me how I was feeling. Not in a concerned, quiet, are you okay, sort of way, but more like, you know, what's wrong with you, sort of way. This woman had a reputation for being a bit abrasive, but prior to this interaction, I had never really noticed it. Anyway, she went on, what's wrong with you? You look like you've been hit by a truck. I immediately felt my eyelashes. You might think that's weird, but if I don't wear mascara, people always ask, have you been crying? Are you sick? Anyway, that was not the problem. I started to ask her why she was asking me that, but she interrupted me before I could even answer. Oh, 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 I'm not done, she said. You look like you've been hit by a truck and dragged for a mile. No, that's not good. I told her, huh, well, I don't really feel like that, so I don't really know what to tell you. She moved in closer. Well, you need to admit your problems to people who care instead of walking around carrying them. 
I told her I agreed and went on to tell her that I actually have so many problems, but thankfully I also have a few people who care about me and that I have no problem at all telling them all about them. It's just that she just didn't happen to be one of them. Anyway, back to the smash bug picture that was actually me. Timothy started to explain it. He said, see, here is your head, the big circle. Here are your arms, the medium lines. These are your legs, the longer lines. And you're wearing your fuzzy black sweater, hence all the little short black lines. Aha, it was starting to make a little more sense. Really, when you think about it, it was a very accurate picture for a short person to draw. Imagine if you can, stand up right now, if you can. Extend your arms like you're going to pick up or hug a little person. Now bend over as though you're going to scoop them up and freeze. What does this little person see right now? They see arms and legs extending from your head. There is no torso visible. Your legs appear to come from your head. Your arms appear to come from your head. And so I said to my son, Timothy, you're an artist. I had no idea. This is amazing. I think I'll have to get a frame. I don't think I even need a mirror anymore. This little blonde featherhead looked up at me, gave me a huge smile and even a bigger hug. Do you know that he was the only person who could explain that drawing to me? Do you know why? Because he was the one who created it. And when he was drawing it, he had something very specific in mind. And so when he explained it, it made sense. Here's the deal. Our creator, the one who designed us with our unique personalities and giftings and placed us on earth when and where he did, had something very specific in mind when he was creating each one of us. I am the third of four kids in my family. I have an older sister who was super smart. She still is, actually. She loved to read and she loves to learn. I have a younger sister who was super good. She actually still is, too. She loved helping others. And the youngest of us all is my brother. Growing up, I struggled with figuring out who I was. I shared a room with my older sister just long enough to feel stupid. She was reading constantly. When she was in trouble and my parents needed to punish her, I'd hear them say, go right to bed and do not stay up too late reading. Once they even added, don't stay up too late reading your Bible. I sat there and thought, they never say that to me. When we'd have company for dinner, this sister, as soon as we were done eating, would excuse herself from the table and go find some place in the living room and read War and Peace or something equally challenging. She'd curl up on the couch and just keep getting smarter. I remember walking into classes in high school and having my teacher say, oh, are you so-and-so, sister? I was like, well, sort of. I mean, I am, but like, don't expect too much. Let's just lower the bar. I remember when report cards would come out, my dad would look at hers and laugh and he'd say, oh, look, what a boring report card you have. Hey. And I'd be up in my room going, ah. When she left for college, my younger sister moved into my room. I shared a room with her just long enough to feel evil. When we had company for dinner, this sister would excuse herself as soon as we were done eating and would start doing dishes. When they were finished, she'd offer to babysit any of the kids who were visiting there so that the adults could have some time alone. My brother would leave the table at this time too and he would play with her and the other younger children. I remember one day, walking into the bedroom that we shared and noticed she had stuck a bumper sticker on the side of the nightstand that was between our two beds. Of course, she didn't just peel it off and slap it on there. No, she used some special tape or some 3M something or other that wouldn't leave a mark. 
Anyway, I walked into my room and saw this bumper sticker that read, Jesus is my best friend. And I was disgusted. I mean, I liked Jesus too, but her, not so much. So I rolled my eyes and I said, do you know why Jesus is your best friend? Because you don't have any other ones. I know, right? I told you she was a good one. What was my deal? What was I doing at these aforementioned dinners? I certainly wasn't excusing myself early to go read. I wasn't volunteering to do the dishes and I certainly wasn't volunteering to babysit all the kids. The only reason I like babysitting not at my house was because then I could watch TV and eat snacks. So I'd stay at the table. I'd overhear the grown-ups talking and I'd listen to the conversations and I didn't want to miss out on anything. I'd listen as long as I could without talking because I knew the minute I opened my mouth and said anything at all, I'd be asked to leave. Once I was dismissed, I'd go to my room. And while I was there, I would do one of three things. I'd either write poetry, which I found a notebook full of them not that long ago. It was, it was sad. Anyway, I'd either write poetry or I'd listen to music that I could put into my room and I'd close my eyes and I'd pretend I was like an Olympic ice skater. Or the third thing, I would take out the roster and try to memorize the full roster of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm not even kidding. All three of those things were my go-tos. I would hide in my room. I was agonizing in the angst of pre-adolescence. I didn't think I was smart enough for anything. I didn't think I was good enough for anything. It wasn't until later I discovered my identity in Christ. Can we take a moment right now and read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10? It says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Verse 8, I knew. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. I knew it was grace that saved me. I knew that I not only didn't need to be good enough to be saved, nobody could be. Billy Graham couldn't be, Mother Teresa couldn't be, neither could my good sister. We were all sinners, saved only by faith as a gift from God. I also knew that I didn't need to be smart enough to be saved. I knew I was blessed with salvation because I trusted in Jesus by faith, not because I figured out some deep mystery or something. Nobody was saved like this. Not Copernicus, not Isaac Newton, and not even my smart sister. Verse 9, I also knew. Nobody could boast about salvation, it said. This is not by work so that nobody can boast. Nobody can walk around saying, hey, look what I earned. Check out my prize. It's called salvation. No. But verse 10, I had to grow into. Let me read it again. It says this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are all created by God, right? Yeah. We all created in his image, in his likeness. But for those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus, for those who have, according to John 3, in God's word, it says, been born again, received this gift of salvation, they're now created in Christ Jesus, which is this phrase that Paul is using when he's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. He's saying, for those of you who have been created in Christ Jesus, you have been created in him to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Paul, being inspired by God himself, tells us the purpose of life that is true for all who are in Christ. Those who have trusted in Christ for salvation have good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. He says we are God's workmanship. Another word for that is his masterpiece. 
We were created, as it were, for a point and a purpose. We are created as we are for a point and a purpose, to live out his story, the good story in each one of our lives. He has great plans that he has prepared in advance for each one of us to do. My super smart sister can definitely do the good works God has prepared in advance for her to do. She can think and learn and discover and analyze and share and do it all for God's glory. And full disclosure, she doesn't really love this story because it makes it seem like she isn't also good, which she also is. All right, my good sister can do the good works that God has prepared in advance for her to do as well. She can love and serve and give and grow and do that all for God's glory. Also in full disclosure, she doesn't love the story either because people sometimes see her and ask, are you the good sister or the smart sister? Which leaves her kind of in an awkward position, which I totally understand. But I'd like to say to both of them, your concerns are understandable, which is why I want to clear that up right here. But let's not forget the main point, right? I'm like neither thing. I was like nothing. So there's that. But here's what I've discovered over the years is that I have been crafted and created by a loving God who has prepared good works in advance for me to do. And as I lean into his wisdom and appreciate the power of the Holy Spirit at work within me, I will be exactly who he's called me to be. And I can do exactly what he's called me to do with my personality, with who I am, with where he's placed me. For example, I can lean back into that adolescent angst I experienced as I talk with my youth group girls. I can empathize with their emotions. These times were not wasted. In fact, there are times of training. In fact, all of life is training. Maybe you haven't felt like you're enough. Maybe you don't feel like you're good enough. Maybe you look at some of the things that you've done in your past and you're like, oh, I don't think God could ever use me. Let me encourage you. Receive the forgiveness that God offers to you and let me affirm you and say, absolutely, you too can be created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance for you to do. You too are his masterpiece. Maybe you don't feel smart enough. Maybe you feel like you haven't had enough opportunities or you don't know where to go. Maybe you're not, you feel like you're not savvy enough or whatever enough. You fill in that blank. Whatever that is, I want you to say, don't hold on to that. Don't look at what you feel like you lack. Instead, look at who God is and all that he is and recognize that you too are a masterpiece created by God. He has these good works specifically designed in advance for you to do. He will use your personality, your mind, and your life's experiences to shine his light in a dark and needy world. And you will be perfectly prepared to do so. You might be thinking, wait though, how? (laughs) How am I going to be prepared? Is there something that I need to be doing? Where am I going to find this training? The answer to that is what's coming up in part two.